if you could talk to all the people in the world right now, what would you say to them into the microphone? I love you. Nice. That's ding. Cool. Dreams of some noble dreams With his fingers and toes And everything in between With his friends and his foes And come see what that means Dream of some noble dreams Hello friends and welcome to episode 9 of the Noble Dreams podcast I'm your host Noble And what you just heard was me (laughs) being stunned into silence because I heard the Noble Dreams theme coming from seemingly nowhere, but then I realized it was my headphones nearby. Anyways, I'm a little bit under, or at least sideways, to the weather. I don't know, I have some sort of low-level fatigue thing going on that usually seems to come around at some time in the afternoon, and I feel simultaneously fine and just not able to do too much physically uh, at the same time, which has been uh, somewhat of an experience over the last few days. So I wanted to talk about a few things today in our little intro section. One was that last Friday I drove up and went to a concert, which was held at the Champlain Valley Fair. And it was a concert of three bands that I listened to Two bands that I listened to a fair amount, a lot, maybe even when I was in 5th, 6th, 7th, and 8th grade. And one band that I listened to some in that time, mostly on the radio. Um, It was Our Lady Peace, opened for a double bill of Live and Bush. And I had always had this experience with Our Lady Peace of like listening to the guy's voice and thinking, how does... what, what... what does someone that has a voice like this look like? I always conjured this very specific image in my head, and so that was sort of fun for me to see that live, although of the three performances, I was the least sort of struck by theirs. It was I, I thought it was kind of straightforward, um, and part of that was that they didn't have the benefit of nighttime to uh, have the cool lights going on. And um, but that was kind of neat to see those songs come to life. And then Live was a was a was a band that I listened to a whole lot when I was younger, especially their album Throwing Copper, and um, the follow up to a slightly lesser extent Secret Samadhi, which has some songs that I really adore. But I had it was the same sort of thing. I always was like, I wonder what this guy looks like. I mean, I've seen pictures, but but somehow there's certain voices that are hard for me to picture coming out of an actual person. Anyways, they reunited with their lead singer recently and so all the um original members of the band were there and it was just a real treat to see that and to um experience they played mostly songs from that original that uh throwing copper album which was sort of their m- main breakthrough and the one that's really had staying power in the culture if you don't think you know that band then you probably know the song um lightning crashes which is like Oh, I feel it coming back again Like a rolling thunder chasing the wind That one. And uh, so that was neat. And then, so, I did some little bit of research about the tour and they sort of switch over who's going to be playing first and second. And 
I was glad that Live was going first because they were the band that I was most excited to see. And I was like, okay, well, I'm dealing with this little illness. And as I walked in, I realized I was really thirsty, but I wasn't going to like go anywhere and get water. So I was just kind of in, I was just kind of down for the count. And um, I had gotten a ticket from somebody that was selling it a little below face value. And um, it was cool because it was, it was, not super up close but much closer than I would have um probably gotten had I had I bought the ticket from the ticket sellers um anyways and so I was most excited to see live and I was like okay well I'm it's cool to see Bush they're they're a band that I enjoy and and um it's that'll be cool but you know if I can't handle I'll feel easier better about leaving early and so, but when they came on, I was kind of like immediately really drawn in. And the main, the lead singer, Gavin Rossdale, he's kind of famous in his own right. He used to be with Gwen Stefani and stuff back in the, I don't know, late 90s, early 2000s. Um, and just it was sort of famous for being really uh, good looking and all that kind of stuff. And I... I, their music to me is sort of dour and a bit like downery, um, which is not to, to disparage it in any way. I like that. But I didn't really expect him to be very energetic. And he just came out like guns blazing and uh, figuratively and like, and uh, and just danced really uh, endearingly and amazingly the whole time, just like sort of above the above the ground more than he was on it. And during one song, he had a cordless mic and he just left the stage. And keep in mind that this is a, a fairground with a very large, like a sea of, of folding chairs and then a big grandstand and then bleachers on either side. And he went all the way down through the, through the crowd, uh, through the aisle. And, and of course, people are excited to be near someone like this. And so they kind of crowded in and he... That he had like a security guard or two trying to follow him through this whole thing, but he just kind of jogged like lightly all the way through the crowd and then all the way up and through to the very top of the grandstand, and the lighting people followed him with the spotlight, and so he's way 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 up in the grandstand and and sing continues singing the song when there was uh, parts for him to sing in with. And then, you know, there was one guy, like, holding out his cell phone to take a video with him. And instead of just, like, busting by, he just stayed there for a minute and, and hung out with the guy and smiled. And he came down through the crowd on the other side and was maybe 10 feet from where I was sitting at some point. And I just was really struck by how into it he seemed and, like, he knew what he was getting into. I, I read up a little bit. I think he does this, you know, at pretty much at most shows. And for, especially for... a a band that you know really had its heyday in the 90s and arguably hasn't been terribly culturally relevant since then um they just seemed to be having like a really great time and he was so appreciative seemingly of being there and just like man how cool is it that we get to do this and be here and have this awesome backdrop of the you know the ferris wheel and all these carnival lights in the background and just so gracious and really seemed to be having an amazing time. And also, magically, he, he looks like he was, like, no older than I am. And I, he ha he's, like, really, really buff and wore this big open cut-off shirt that was, like, open more than it was covering at all. And uh, just a major hunk. And 
I can't believe I looked up after he's like 54. Um, anyway, so I, I, I just was really struck by that, and I, I really enjoyed the show to a degree that I didn't even expect to. So I wanted to send my gratitude out to uh, to that to Bush and Live and Our Lady Peace, and, and especially to Gavin Rossdale for for making that a special special experience. I'm gonna put some videos, links to videos, uh, in the show notes if you want to see what I'm talking about in that department. So what else? Um, there's a tip jar at the end of the show notes if you'd like to give monetarily to this podcast. It's very helpful. Also, I was going to ask, you know, in the spirit of um, getting listeners to listen that might uh, want to, if you have a social media outlet and wanted to make a post about the podcast, if it's something that it has been um, something that you're enjoying. Sorry, I'm not at my most coherent, I mean, uh, <laughs> right now. <laughs> I'm not really apologizing. It's just recognizing. Yeah, if you wanted to make a post about it, it's really, really helpful. Especially maybe you can talk about like a theme or something. I put the long trail, the one with Sam and Kate on a couple of long trail forums. And I and that's been helping. People seem to be enjoying getting to listen to that. So, you know, just uh, I think it's more effective sometimes if it's from somebody who's not promoting something that they make. So I'd be really grateful to any and all of you who are helping share the show. Yeah, in the uh, in today's episode, we are speaking with Bolton, who's a dear, dear friend of mine. And what's the tie-in with what we were just talking about? Well, Bolton is also another hunk who wears um, cut-off shirts and is um, buff muscularly. Uh, anyway, so it was really a pleasure to see him this week. He moved to Oakland, California, and uh, we used to live together. And so it's been it's really nice when he comes back east. And we had a lot of fun doing this. And it's funny because Bolton's like the best storyteller I know, probably. And originally I was like, we gotta just have you tell stories. And this didn't end up being that he he kind of like switches on into the storytelling mode and it's really it's something to behold and um we'll probably have bolton stories in the future but this is a it's a more heartfelt and sort of um present conversation low energy and <laughs> it was so funny because afterwards he's like dude later in the night i was so amped up and i was so in the zone and i just i wish we could have done it then and blah 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 and i was like yeah yeah okay but that's cool and also i'm really glad for what we did get to record so i hope you enjoy this and get something from it and at one point we were talking about a pizza party and it was, i was thinking about that afterwards that that was the first time that um brianna and i that I recruited her and asked her if she would help me make missions for people. So we gave them out to whoever wanted them um, at the pizza party that we hosted. So and uh, so that was the birth of, of Bree Bree's missions. We didn't know at the time that they would turn into what they have. Yeah, so, and, okay, so, so Bolton's an artist as well, and he's incredibly talented and makes really really unique and beautiful art he makes birthday cards for people he writes comics he does painting uh, all kinds of different stuff and oh and he's doing a lot of um, tattooing right now which is really cool stick and poke tattoos and we've been you know big supporters of each other's processes and journeys and whatnot and so i'm really really excited to bring him into this fold and always supporting him in his artistic endeavors and so i'm going to put 
a link to his Instagram account in the show notes. And please, if you're on that, please follow and check his stuff out. He's been posting a lot recently, which has been really great because it's nice to see his work getting out in the world more and more. And, you know, if you have a birthday coming up that of someone that you love or, you know, check out his birthday cards. They're incredible. He made me once, made me one once, and it's one of my favorite things. And yeah it's it's really when he's in his his element is one of his elements definitely is is creation and creative space and i just love 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 it and so i I couldn't uh, want to support that more and then the song at the end is uh dancing with the mountains by john denver and you'll see why that's uh that has been chosen and um yeah so that's about it thank you so much for being here um please send in your stories if you've ever been to a a music show that really struck you in one way or another is really moving to you for whatever reason please share that story if you've ever eaten something that you thought you never would send that story in just just keep sending your mission reports for going on the walk uh, if you need to hear mission number two you can go back and listen to the episode that i can't even think of right now because my brain is rapidly declining in eff- efficacy i don't know if that's the right word all right, thank you so much. Love you. We're going to work on levels here without. Can you just talk normally for more? Hello? Here is <laughs> conversation. And then, yeah, Mr. so just try to keep it like around, right about here. Okay. It's okay to have a little bit of angle like you've got. Yeah. And then the other thing is try not to mess with this. Okay. Or this cord. Because that fucks up the connection of it? it? No, it makes a lot of noise. Oh, okay. So if you just hold it as steady as you possibly can, then okay. that's the best way to do it. Okay. Alright, and then talk a little bit more so I can just make sure we're at the right spot. Hello? Hello, hello? Oh, why is my phone ringing? Who are you? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Ready? Yeah. Alright, where did I put my lighter? Okay. Um, Alright, so uh, who are we sitting here with and where are we? Uh, this is Bolton. Do you you need my last name? You do whatever you want. The level of anonymity is up to you. Um... I, I guess I'll give you my last name. I'm Bolton Littlefield, and we're uh, sitting in a cemetery. Well, I'm kind of perched. I'm, I'm perched on my toes, <laughs> sitting like kind of like a, a rodent or something, and Noah's sort of kneeling. Make sure if you turn your head and the mic doesn't go with you. Oh, then it's. Then you leave oh, our listeners behind. Yeah. <laughs> so try to remember that. <laughs> I feel like I'm on like NPR or something. Yeah, you are. <laughs> Noble Public Radio. Um, all right, blueberry or regular? Uh oh, God, I don't know. Maybe blueberry. Yeah, it's gotta be right. <laughs> We've come this far. Um, and what, how's your day going, Bolton? What's your day been looking like? My my day? I know. How has my day been? I, where did I wake up? I woke up at Elizabeth's house, and I really wanted coffee there. And I texted her. Well, her her parents are in town. I'm staying with my friend Elizabeth. And, um, oh, I'm saying her last name. Oh, shit. <laughs> Stay with the mic. Oh, okay. I'm staying with my friend Elizabeth. <laughs> Though now you know her last name. <laughs> and um, her parents are in town. And uh, I really wanted coffee this morning, and so I texted her when I woke up, can I come upstairs and make coffee, or will that freak your parents out? And then she sent me a garbled text message about coming up in five minutes, which sounded really just too stressful for me, so I just left her house and then drove to a doctor's appointment, but on route, I decided I wanted some food. So I went to City Market, hoping to just get a banana, and then I ended up with, like, a tofu scramble from the hot bar impulsively, which I immediately regretted because it cost $8. <laughs> 
<laughs> but I was really hungry and I didn't know what to do. <laughs> and, uh, and then I went to the doctor and that was fine. And uh, I got a tattoo. And that was fine. I met up with the librarian from the school I used to work at. That was a lot of fun. Caught up. She hasn't changed a bit. Wait, Miss Foley? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Miss Foley came all the way to Burlington to see me. And I really wanted to um, go to a lunch spot that I didn't I didn't really want to go to lunch, but she wanted to go to lunch. And I really wanted to go to a lunch spot that like I knew would be delicious and not just kind of boring and sort of like not great. Oh. And uh, she t- she d- she really really wanted to go to this spot that was like a mini chain, and I was like, oh, a mini chain that's gonna be no good. And we went there, and it was no good. We got this like vegan taco plate, and the the tortillas were like disintegrating before we even touched them. And there was like Daya cheese that was unmelted at the bottom of them, and just no good. I thought. <laughs> Miss Foley is a librarian, and we don't need to talk about the school where she works, so she can remain uh, a mystery. But Bolton and I used to live together in Burlington, Vermont, on North Street. And he, how would you, what would you say your relationship with Miss Foley was like, both in its infancy and and over time? What was was the uh, saga of Miss Foley? I I don't. I just was kind of immediately obsessed with her. I'd say, like I. uh, I really like libraries, and she was a librarian, so I would, like, just wander into the library and say hi to her, and I think she was confused at first, like, why I was so obsessed with her, but then she started to, like, kind of, like, you know, like, we became friends, and then she would keep, like, peanuts behind her desk for me and then I would wander over and just sort of eat the snacks that she had so she was like kind of enticing me to come in just eating fistfuls of peanuts <laughs> and, and, and I'd be like Miss Foley these aren't good enough <laughs> I don't want the unsalted ones and she'd be like okay Bolton and then she would get she brought pistachios she started to like really up her snack game she'd check in with me it was nice it was, we would just I don't know we'd hang out it was great <laughs> and 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 go on uh, eventually i hung a picture of her up on my wall because she <laughs> she gave me one of her old id cards i think you know she didn't think it was going to be a big deal and then i hung it up on my wall and then i moved to oakland and then it was one of the things that came with me to oakland and i think it's up on my wall now actually in oakland it's hard hard to remember i just kind of i think it's there but it was nice seeing her today it was great yeah Miss Foley, she came to like our house, <laughs> right? At least once. I forgot about that. She did come to our Which house. Which did she come for? A pizza party or I think, I think your a pe- birthday or something? I think what, it was what a was pizza, it? pizza party. I think a pizza party yeah, she I think came. It was too. And I was, it was sort of confusing for all parties involved, I think, because it was miraculous <laughs> that she showed up. Yeah. But then everyone else, she's like a mother who's been working the same job for like. 13 years or 12 years or something, 10 years. And, and then everyone else was just like a 20-something, you know, like covered in pizza sauce. And she was just like, hey, guys. And we were like, what's up? What's up? I was like, this is my friend Miss Foley. People were like, what? Oh, she brought her kid, too. Yeah, that's yeah. what I remember. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the, her kid just, like, looked like a deer in the headlights. Yeah. <laughs> why do you, mom? I don't understand. Like, mom, why are we here? And she's yeah. like, oh, it's Bolton's house. It's great. And the kid was like, who the fuck is Bolton? <laughs> I probably can't swear. Am I allowed to swear in this? Yeah, you can say whatever you want. Oh, it's a pod. Yeah, okay. Yep. 
Yeah, there's no language restrictions. Are you supposed to inhale with these? No, not far. Oh. Just into your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Um, cool. And so tell us, can you tell us about the tattoo that you got today? Uh, it's a, uh, I really like pigeons. And uh, it came to me sort of in a vision. I don't remember when. I guess that's not relevant. That it would be really cool to have a uh, griffin with uh, a pigeon head rather than an eagle head. So I got a griffin with a pigeon head on my forearm and uh, took a while. I almost fell asleep during it. Well, I did kind of fall asleep. (laughs) And uh, it cost a lot of money. It was like hideously expensive, $350 before (laughs) a tip, which was just shocking to me, but I kind of knew it was coming based on how long I was sitting there as the uh, paint was layered thicker and thicker and thicker into my skin. Can you give us, like, a, um, since we're not in the visual medium, could you give us maybe, like, a uh, a tour of the tattoos that we can see right now uh, yeah. on your body? Sure. Um, I don't know where to start. Uh, oh, maybe start with the one you gave me. Or, yeah, so Noah gave me a tattoo of a little man with his fist raised. And very tiny legs. I think, <laughs> I think it kind of looks like me a little bit because <laughs> yeah. I have sort of very tiny legs. But I will say that when I was riding my bicycle uh, three days ago after I'd, I'd gone over the Appalachian Gap. Oh, so, okay, so if you don't know the Appalachian Gap, there are a bunch of gaps in Vermont, like mountain gaps that are just like very, very steep. And uh, to ride a bicycle up up them is doable, but it takes a while and some elbow gre- grease, and you go to the top and you go to the bottom. But knee, I had just knee grease. Oh, knee grease. <laughs> <laughs> so the Appalachian Gap. I went to the top and then I went to the bottom, and then I was like, I think I'm going to turn around to go back up to the top, which I did. But before I turned around, I went to uh, this gas station to get some coffee, and uh, this this person, this really gregarious worker fellow was like, hey, how's your day going? And I was like, oh, it's, it's been going okay. I just made it over the app gap, and I'm about to go back up to the top of it. And he was like, oh, that must be why your legs are so strong. <laughs> I was like, excuse me? I was like, <laughs> I was like, no one's ever told me that before. And he was like, oh, they're, they, they look great. They're really strong. I got to get into that cardio stuff. And I was like... <laughs> And my legs are just kind of like, I think they're sort of twiggy, to be honest. But anyway, there's a there's a uh, little man with twiggy legs, and he looks like me, I think, for that reason. Uh, Just got a zombie, a zombie with a big old pink tongue falling out of its mouth. I just sort of told the tattoo artist to go ape shit with the color, and uh, I think he did. He did a really good job. He got into it. I got a breakup tattoo showing two horses. One looks kind of confused, and the other the other one just looks sort of angry, <laughs> which was maybe what my relationship was like. I was often kind of confused. <laughs> yeah, that horse does look surprisingly like you. <laughs> With this one? That, yeah. Yeah, that's the one that, yeah. Yeah, yeah uh-huh. That, I picture this like me, and then, uh, yeah, my ex is definitely the other one. Uh, I got a hot dog panther on this leg. I just got a diva cup. People have a lot to say about that one, and I don't really have a lot to say about it at all, which happens a lot with tattoos. Everyone's mm-hmm. got a lot to say about it and other than me. You know, yeah. I don't know how much I have to say. Yep. Uh-huh. I don't know. What else? Oh, yeah, and there's one that, on my other leg. There's one that Noah drew. It's great. I, it's the only tattoo you've only ever drawn, right? 
No, it's not the only one I've ever drawn, but it's the only what? one that I've drawn that someone's actually gotten. <laughs> <laughs> I've designed several, um, and they... Well, actually, one could exist, but I don't think it does. I haven't heard back from the person um, that we both know. And then... I, I, <laughs> um, oh, my headphones fell off. Um, and then I, I did one for a dude many years ago, like more than 10 years ago, which was actually really cool, I thought. And... Uh, I don't blame him for not getting it. He just didn't have the funds and stuff. And then I did another one for a friend of mine. And I don't think she has any tattoos still, as far as I know. Um, but that one, Bolton was just like, I'm going to the tattoo shop and I'm going to get, I'm going to just open the, what is it called when you do that? When you just open the book and. Oh, get had, some flash. Get some flash. Yeah. Just open the book and just point it, you know, whatever your <laughs> finger lands on. Yeah. <laughs> And I said, well, if you could do something that dumb, why don't you just let me design you one right now and you go get it? And he said, oh, that's way better. So, yeah, I did it and he did it. And it's, I mean, I like a lot of your tattoos and it's not to toot my own horn, but like, I, I love the way that one fits in and it's such a good little character. Yeah. yeah. I got a lot of te- compliments on that one. It's kind of interesting to see which ones people like and which ones people don't like. Well, maybe no, no one ever says like, I fucking hate that tattoo. But uh, people really, really, really like yours. They, yeah. I, that's one of the ones I get compliments on, like right off the bat. Yeah, it's a good little character. What's the, uh, was that a Twinkie with a, oh, yeah, it's a cowboy hat? Twinkie, yeah. Uh, that was off of a flash sheet, and I decided to write Fury on his hat because it just seemed right. But yeah, Twinkie, little heart on his bandana. Fury. I don't know why Fury. It was originally going to say Shart, actually. And then at the last second, I was like, no, 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 no. It's got to say Fury. Can we touch butts and can you relight me? (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes Noah and I have like this, like the words that come out of my mouth or something. It makes our relationship sound sort of homoerotic, but it's not homoerotic at all. But sometimes the words, you know. Touch butts and relight. <laughs> I wonder if that's like the origin of touch butts, which was a term for sex that I had never heard before. But then I had this ex who uh, told me that one time, touch butts, and I kind of pictured just two human butts touching. But like two cigarette butts touching is kind of like sex too. Thanks. Yeah, these are Swisher Sweets. They're definitely not cigarettes. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, uh, that was good. Um. <laughs> Chuck, um, my, one of my friends, yeah. whose last name I won't um, include here because yeah. I don't have his consent, he has stopped smoking, which is a big deal because, like, every time I ever visited that man, he, uh, he was just puffing on a cigar. He just gave it up. On cigar, yeah, yeah, cigar, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, I'm, I'm like, I've always been really curious to know what it feels like to be physically addicted to something in that way, because other than sugar, arguably, and listening to River of Dreams by Billy Joel, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I, uh, I don't, I, I haven't experienced like a physical addiction like that. That's not. It's, I don't know what it feels like to like because smoking is such like not a um, it's so different to me than eating. It's hard to imagine it being satisfying in a similar way or that like it would take care of a need. Like it's just hard for me to because I've never been a smoker. It's hard for me to. And so I've been sort of like a little bit experimenting with these like once a week, uh, these Swisher Sweets, like gross little fake <laughs> cigario things or whatever. And I was like, what if what if I smoke in one of these once a week? I get addicted. 
And yeah. Then, like, but I, I don't know you, if that. So do you know if you're addicted gonna, now? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm addicted to the uh, well, addicted to strong word, but I'm sort of fascinated by the just the process. Like, just as sort of like a fun thing to do. And I, and I, for some, I mean, I, I don't know. Well, it feels sort of like a special occasion. Right yeah, now, exactly. To have this in my mouth. I'm like, right. I wouldn't normally be doing this. Yeah, and I like having something to do with my hands. And I also like something that I don't have to really, you don't really inhale past your mouth. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of nice. Other than the first two, two times I tried to do it, you know, yeah. I like. <laughs> 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 well, you know, a story about Chuck, which I thought this was one of the only times, um, in recent memory that I felt like really viscerally loved because that's something that's challenging for me. Maybe not challenging. That's not the right word. I often feel unlovable. And um, Chuck is like, so it's really, he's this really good friend, but he's also sort of a father figure. And I, he's, he kind of alternates between the two or maybe he's both at once all the time. But um, I visited him in, uh, in or, oh, shit, I just gave his location. It's fine, it's fine. <laughs> I visited him, and he and his wife, like, had this big dinner set up, and they got, like, vegan hamburgers and chip, which was really nice. That was great. That was great. And I, like, spent sp- spent some time there, and anytime I go to Chuck and Cindy's house, they're, like, they, uh, they uh, we eat dinner, and then we watch a movie from their collection that they've already seen, and I always have a tough time choosing the movies because, like, they're like, you choose, and uh, we got so many, but there aren't really any I want to watch, but, you know, I choose one because that's what that's what we do, so we watch it. And we watched Jerry Maguire, which I thought was an absolutely terrible, terrible movie, <laughs> and also endless. I just wanted desperately for that movie to end, and it never ended. You know, and finally it did end, and when it did end, I was like, that's the most underwhelming fucking ending ever. Like, who, how did that get Academy Award nominations? I don't, have you seen that Bees movie? and dogs smell fear. <laughs> <laughs> did you know a human head weighs eight pounds? <laughs> I hated that. I hated it. <laughs> and then, oh, so, oh, and then, and then you had me at hello. Like I didn't understand like their relationship at all. It just like made absolutely no fucking sense yeah, to me. So good. <laughs> anyway, so um, I went to their house. I watched this movie. Chuck left halfway through it. He was like, "I'm going to sleep," which I think was him diplomatically saying, "This movie sucks. I don't want to watch it. Why do we own it?" And so he went upstairs and he didn't go to sleep. He just was reading something. I don't know what he was reading. Anyway, but this is about me feeling unlovable. And so the next day, I decided to uh, go. I had this like kind of gap tour planned on my bicycle and Chuck wanted to go for a, a morning hike and so I got a late start to my bike ride and I don't have lights for my bike and so I started this gap tour I went over the Middlebury Gap and then I'm like biking up biking up I go to Waitsfield and I'm going up the Appalachian Gap and well actually before I went up the Appalachian Gap I realized I didn't have enough daylight or there was a very high chance I didn't have enough daylight to make it back to Burlington on time so I called Chuck and I was like dude I gotta ask you for a favor I got to ask you for a favor. And uh, will you piggyback me part of the way up 116 to get me to Burlington? And um, Do you mean like he'll go right ahead of you or right behind you? Or when I get to the bottom of the Appalachian Gap, he would put my bike in his car and give me a ride part of the way up 116. Okay, okay. So that I have... um, So that I don't have to bike all those miles and won't get caught in the dark. So he's, he agreed, and then I bike up the Appalachian Gap. 
and at the very top of the Appalachian Gap, standing there, leaning against his fucking truck, is Chuck, you know, just standing there. He immediately, he sees me, he goes into his truck, and he, he pulls out a little cooler, a little blue cooler, and... He, he, he just puts it on the ground and he's like got some fruit for you but he's on the phone and I like open it and I'm like oh okay okay so I'm like going through I'm eating I'm eating oranges frantically and then I'm eating bananas but then I thought that was the end of my trip I thought he just kind of like didn't really understand my needs and he was like taking away the downhill after I went up this mountain because he thought it would be more helpful but no as soon as Chuck got off the phone he was like hey do you want to go down it now and i was like yeah of course i want to go down it but isn't that inconvenient for you like like isn't that inconvenient and he's like he's like no i just i kind of thought you'd want a snack up at the top and i was like what you mean i can have a snack and then bomb down this hill which will probably take 20 minutes and he and he was like yeah yeah of course i'll wait for you at the bottom and so he met me at the top of the mountain just to give me a banana and then he, like, met me at the bottom and still piggybacked me up 116, which was just, like, so much extra work and time for him. And, it, like, it, it was incredible. I ne- have never felt, I think, so loved in my life at that moment. I was like, this is what it feels like to be part of a family that really cares about you. Like, meeting you at the top of a mountain just to give you an orange and banana. Mm, that's amazing. We we've been. Um, <coughs> oh God! Oh, oh. oh my God! Oh, that was awful. Oh. Um, yeah, we've been like the last couple of weeks have been a lot about little things that make a big difference, and the little and big qualifiers are a little bit like up for you know debate. I don't like those sort of words because they're a little bit. Well, anyways, it doesn't matter. But I love that that came up right now. Yeah. It's amazing. He met me at the top of a, a mountain to give me a snack. Yeah. And it was fruit. Yeah. It was incredible. Yeah. What is uh what is something that you're most proud of accomplishing in the last 2 months? 2 months? Uh that's a really good question. I uh I've decided that I want to draw more, which feels like a really big decision. I want to start writing a comic every day. Right now I'm writing a comic actually for my ex and we're not getting along very well. But as soon as I'm done with that comic, I'm going to start writing one every day, which I think will be really good. I was really proud of myself for like finishing all the the bike riding that I planned out for these last few days. That felt really good. But I feel like I'm forgetting something. Am I forgetting something? Is that a leading question? No, it's not. (laughs) It's an open question. I, I don't. I haven't been tracking you closely for two months. I just, I'm really curious to know what comes up when I ask that. What What are you proud of that you've done in the last two months? Getting this podcast going. Yeah. Yeah, first and foremost. Yeah. 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 And um, also, like, you know, I was thinking about today. I saw a bunch of people I've seen. And, and uh, you know, it's always first question, like, how are you doing? And I'm, there's always part of me that's unwilling to, like, or or is nervous about, admitting that I'm doing well <laughs> and like noticing the different the different answers that I gave people today like yeah pretty all right yeah I'm doing doing all right and doing and then I was like yeah I'm pretty good like pretty, and then I'm like yeah that's true it's good own it like it's all right it's okay to feel that way that's kind of a fucking incredible thing too to be like I feel 
pretty good right now. Yeah, it is a pretty incredible thing, and um, so I'm I'm pumped about that. And but yeah, the last two months definitely getting this going. I I, it's a big deal for me. I I put in, you know, it's been like maybe over two years that I like had this seed of a thought of finally like actually almost exactly two years i remember it i was uh painting for the guy uh in north ferrisburg that i got le car from uh-huh. and it was the day of the uh, eclipse the solar eclipse and uh it didn't happen fully up here you know like it, it got a little bit twilighty and the shadows turned all kooky uh-huh. and i guess like the birds and the insects stopped chirping or whatever but i was just all by myself on this beautiful property painting this guy's house in a work trade for a goofy little vehicle, <laughs> and um, <laughs> and uh, where where is the car right now? Yeah, it's it's in, well, it's moving between shops. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, anyways, uh, yeah, and I was listening to a podcast with um, it was an episode of one called Tangentially Speaking with this guy Christopher Ryan who co-wrote uh, Sex at Dawn, which is a really cool book. And I was listening to him talk with someone, and all, all of a sudden I was like, you know. I think that I'm kind of ready to start being part of the conversation. <laughs> as like cheesy as that sounds, you know, like, but yeah. sort of like the bigger, the bigger conversation. Like, I think I'm okay putting my voice out there and in a, in a more concerted and less like sort of secretive kind of way. Uh-huh. Um, Cause like up until this point, you know, I've done this and that here and there and I've done emails, you know, written stories for years and sent them out by, via email. It's mostly, people that I almost all people that I know to some degree and um this is the first time I really put myself out in public in this kind of way and uh it's yeah it's it's a quite a journey it's really I get really um like when I'm sitting here like talking you have this uh, this awareness of like this is being recorded this is like going into being etched into stone this is forever <laughs> and, and even though I'm gonna be the one editing it I try to leave the conversations as whole as possible I take out as many mouth noises and stuff as I can yeah but I want people's thoughts in the conversation to be as as natural and complete as possible so I so I have this like it's like oh I gotta be careful with my words but I also don't want to be like not me uh-huh but every single time I finish I'm so I'm always like you know I, I don't think I express exactly how I wanted to or I blah, blah, blah. you know there's always this constant sort of uh, it's just a constant learning learning curve yeah yeah that's kind of how I, I have a I have a lot of responses for one it's it's like it's interesting for me to be over here right now because uh, you're I'm I'm it's interesting to be part of your process and you're you're good at it like your your bedside manner over there is, is great and the, the questions you're asking is great <laughs> except there was this one time that you kind of held you sort of held your mic down to the side it was to, to my left your right and I was trying to figure out if that meant something mm-hmm. and I, I thought you were thinking that. yeah and, the, and then I think I was getting really distracted because I was like oh what's Noah trying to tell me is it not close enough and it was during this really um uh, it was when I was talking about like being unlovable, <laughs> so I was like, "Oh no, I'm fucking up like the emotional, like the really resonant part of this podcast that is going to be framed around or something." I was, I was giving you the sign, "Don't go deep yet. Don't go." No, <laughs> no. All I was doing was trying to put it out of the wind yeah, so was, that it wasn't distracting from what you were saying. Like, What's that fucking mean? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't want my mouth noises to get caught on here, so I'll just put it aside so it doesn't catch the wind or my mouth noises. <laughs> so Bolton's speech is just highlighted. 
<laughs> yeah. And, and then I'm just like, what is this esoteric gesture? And then I, I had so much more to say to you about about all of this, and now I've like lost it. I'm interested to be part of your process, your bedside manner. What else was I going to say? I don't. What I wish I could remember. It would be really, really helpful. I have been noticing that every, every time I say something, I'm trying to think about like how this is going to fit in with um, the podcast as a whole, and I'm trying to figure out like. Is this the real me? Am I like performative? Am I like living some sort of performance? Like, is there a real? I don't know. <laughs> but I don't like. I don't know yeah. if I'm trying to be something. Yeah. I also feel like I'm not. I'm like trying to figure out if I'm doing a good job, and there is no good job, probably because you're just talking. But like, I'm like, damn! I wish I was more energetic and had more <laughs> interesting things to say. <laughs> yeah, I I have the sense of like I. I consciously try to some degree to be sort of the host type person yeah and i feel like or i i don't feel like i i, I judge that or i think that my um manner as a human gets a little bit dumbed down uh-huh. like there's part of me that's like wait i want people to know that i'm goofy or i want people to know that i can be lively yeah <laughs> that's what i want i want people to know i'm like kind of like i can be cool and interesting yeah, <laughs> it's not exactly. coming across right now but, yeah and yeah. i'm like i'm like does that come across like like we were i was talking with someone the other day on the podcast and and they were talking about how they love that they have a sense of humor and that they're really grateful to like and i and i was like i was like i i do t- too i think and but I, I was thinking i was like i wonder if the people listening to this think i'm funny at all or if they think i have a sense of humor or if that comes across. like i don't know it's just so funny to, <laughs> to be in this uh yeah because it is it's like sort of contrived because you have a conversation and it's like well you can't just have a conversation because at some point there's got to be some kind of thing to it yeah but at the same time it feels like crazy to sit with someone that you know already and have like a so, blah, 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 you know. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Know. Oh, it's a and, fun. Well, and Noah has seen me at my best, I feel like, and has seen me at my worst, but also has seen me at my, my, my best. And this doesn't necessarily feel like my best <laughs> right now. I'm, like, kind of groggy, and I <laughs> I just ate a sandwich, and that doesn't actually have anything to do with it. I broke my friend's bicycle tire. I might have already brought that up, her, her rim. And I had a choice. I was like, am I going to get a sandwich or am I going to try to fix the rim? Because the sandwich place closed at 6 and the rim place closed at 6. <laughs> and I kind of started walking towards the rim. And I was like, it's not going to happen. I want a sandwich. <laughs> so, <laughs> so then I talked to Noah on the phone and I was like, I'm walking to the sandwich place. And he met me there. And then he was like, all right, you ready? And I was like, well, I feel like I don't have any stories to tell. And he was like, uh-huh. And then here we are. <laughs> like... <laughs> In the you know knee deep in podcasts, and I still feel like I haven't necessarily told any stories. I want to I want to tell a story. Yeah, please. I, I figure you'll probably be a repeating guest, and so I want to tell like an origin story, which I think is kind of um, telling it, not telling. I'm trying to avoid the word interesting. <laughs> can we can we just quickly address the fact that like the our mic posture is so much different. You're holding yours like it's just yeah, uh, what like what could delicate. it possibly be that I'm holding it like yeah, yeah like why, the way that you're holding it I think is almost distracting like uh, it is it it's distracting like... to me it's cuz I'm so afraid of picking up like noise from moving with it, it. It looks like it's about to like float away and mine I'm just sort of like clenching in my paws like it's a crowbar or something. Yeah. Well, okay, so I wanted to tell the story about when we met. Yeah, okay. Um, and because I've told a lot of people this story because they're like, oh my God, have you guys been friends forever? And like, no. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) we haven't been. (laughs) Exactly. So it was like almost three years ago. And I was, I had lived in an apartment in, in Burlington and there was, it's a very, it's a sort of 
tight apartment. It's just a hallway, three bedrooms, a large bathroom with a clawfoot tub, which is awesome, and um, and a kitchen. And there had been the dude Chris was the leaseholder, and then he would sublet out the other rooms. And so, like the first roommate I had was like pretty all right, and then he left. And then the second room I had was great. I really liked her. And she had a little uh, cat friend, Bob, that I really loved. Oh, Bob. Yeah, I heard about Bob, Bob was the best. And then, uh, <laughs> and then she left. And then I was just sitting in the kitchen one night because the kitchen was the only sort of common space because um, we didn't hang out in the bathroom that much. And uh, <laughs> and and Chris, like, walks in with this person and he's, and like, showing them around. And I guess they had been connected from the person that used to live there, Amy and... He's like, oh, hey, I'm Bolton. And I was like, hi. And then, <laughs> and then and then, I'm thinking in my head, like, I don't know about this person. Like, whatever, whatever. Like, fine. I'll, uh, and uh, But they were just, like, kind of came in for a minute, and Chris was just showing them around. And then, like, walked down the hallway, and I could just hear Chris go, so, you want to live here? <laughs> and in, my, in my head, I'm like, wait, no, I mean, I, oh, no. I was like, I know you're the leaseholder, but, like, don't I get any say in this? Like, hold on, like, hold the phone, pause, pause, pause. But you were like, oh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, and then it was just on, and we lived together for, well, straight for, like, I don't know, two years? Almost? Just shy of two years. No, yeah. just over two years. Yeah. Because that was November, and then you left in January. Uh-huh. And there's, uh, I, I find living with people can be both the best and kind of the worst. Yeah. And we... Well, I'll let you speak to it. What was what was it like living with the three of us? Oh, I, I loved it. It was idyllic. I didn't realize how idyllic it was. I mean, I liked it a lot. It was one of the reasons I stayed in Burlington. You know, I'd always be like, I'm ready to leave Burlington. But then I'd be like, eh, I don't know where I live. It was awesome. We did, like, never... We, uh, I mean, this became complicated down the road, but we never locked our door. We had sort of this, like, open door policy, and we didn't really have, like, there weren't rules, but we all just respected each other, and somehow shit got done, you know? There were never dishes in the sink, and, like, for the most part, unless, like, I was, like, tripping over myself in the morning, like, you know, we were quiet in the morning, and then we were, like, quiet at night, and it didn't take chore wheels or anything, you know? We just kind of, like, coexisted in this, like, really perfect way i think and then sometimes noah would be playing like the ukulele and singing late at night and it was just like <laughs> kind of beautiful but then it was also sort of stupid you know one of us would just like i don't know i had like a bumblebee suit and then you know sometimes oh we dance in the kitchen that was so much fun to john denver that fucking skiing oh, yeah, song video. Yeah, yeah. Da, 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 da. i don't know the lyrics of it but I it was can't great think it goes right now there's something about the mountains yeah and, ski, yeah. and the sky. dancing singing in the, i'm making it up but i can't believe I can't think how that goes right now. I yeah. would always just search on Google John Denver skiing, yeah. and then it would pop up. <laughs> yeah, we'll link to that video. It's a mind blower. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. It was one of the reasons I didn't want to leave Burlington, and now I miss it a lot. It's one of the things I, I miss. I miss living in a community of people that I really like and enjoy living with, and I miss having my living situation not be like a source of. Uh, I had tension and strife. It just was easy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I was thinking about it in different terms too. Even recently, um, because I didn't know Chris. I just walked in off. You know, it was like a Craigslist ad or something, and uh -huh. also agreed pretty quickly, just sort of without too much information. Like, yeah, okay. And none of us knew each other, and yet it was, yeah, it was really special. It, it <laughs> and was. I, and I liked like. 
we weren't like clo- the closest like bro buddies, you know. Like yeah. I think Chris and I gave each other hugs like when he went off to go on a bike trip for a long time or something like that. Like so, we probably gave each other hugs like two or three times. Uh huh. And you and I sort of like, um, you know, I gave you haircuts a couple times. Uh-huh. But it wasn't like we had this like really like some of my other friends, male friends especially, like we are really physical with each other. And and we didn't have that at all. Yeah, we I I don't think I ever touched Chris. Yeah, like it would yeah. be it. I would be like, well, we just touched, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. it would be like that. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, but there was such like there was this, like a love between us, and even though we were very different, and and you and I were arguably quite a bit closer than either of us were with Chris. Yeah, and we're on more similar schedules. He was sort of like a vampire or something, and uh, <laughs> and. But there was such, like, a tenderness. And, like, when Chris was having a really tough time, like, either of us would be there. And it, when a- any of us were all prone to having serious funks or yeah. be going through uh, relationship stuff or whatever. And uh, it was so nice to feel so safe in going through that and be like, oh, today I need to, like, collapse and cry in the hallway. And, like, oh, Bolton's here and he's not going to judge me about that. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or today I'm, like, annoyingly ecstatic and, like, <laughs> dancing to... Uh, some obnoxious song in the kitchen really loud but yeah and i liked i liked all the fucked up shit about it too though you know i liked that there was to balance out the clawfoot tub there was like a hole in the floor (laughs) in front of the sink you know and i i would forget to tell people that there was a hole but sometimes they would like use the bathroom they come out they'd be like oh there's a hole in the floor be like oh oh yeah uh uh-huh and then there would be (laughs) the the light in the bathroom like didn't really turn on it was confusing to me i don't know who the fuck routed it but like we the way that it turned on was there was a Gatorade bottle hanging on the back of the door that was like jury rigged to like a piece of twine that was like like snaked around all these little like corners and if you saw it you would never guess that it worked and it also if you saw it you would like think that there was a way to circumvent the Gatorade bottle that it wasn't crucial but no you had to like push up the Gatorade bottle a little bit and then pull it down right yep. and then it turned on but there was no way to turn on this fucking light without the Gatorade <laughs> bottle and pushing it up too you couldn't just pull it down but it was perfect the whole house was like that and then we had moths we had cabinet moths and there was no way to get rid of them and so we just kind of like I was always trying like these different schemes to get rid of them and a lot of the time it'd be just freezing everything I just fucking put pounds and pounds of oatmeal in the freezer but <laughs> But you know, I think we just kind of got to this place where it's like, you know, if I want a bowl of oatmeal in the morning, it's going to have larva in it. And I'm <laughs> I'm okay with it. <laughs> I'm not okay with it, but I'm okay with it. This vegan likes larva. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was so pissed. We had another roommate who re- oh, no. was in there for a while <laughs> when Chris went away. And uh, he thought that the Gatorade bottle wasn't aesthetically pleasing and replaced it with, like, a wooden knob. It was and like, it didn't work. It didn't work. It, we, I had that thing perfectly calibrated. Yeah. Okay? I, I forgot that about was like, that shit. That thing was, like, my masterpiece. I was, yeah. Ugh. Honestly, I think that that was kind of the beginning of the end. <laughs> it was totally the beginning of the when, end. When, when uh, yeah. this, this person. Paradise who, lost. Yeah, who will stay unnamed in this <sighs> podcast, just, like galumped in and at first you know like, we were all like a little bit hesitant because we had this like just you know paradise what? and let's not even not even go there yeah because what i want to talk about <laughs> i mean just to, like let's just gloss over that whole chapter because it's not i don't really want to talk crap about somebody and also just like it's <laughs> like we're in the golden it's like golden golden uh, cool. hour here <laughs> and i want to talk about instead how our unlocked and open door policy there because we had so many people on warmshowers.org, which is a bike touring 
website where people who are bike touring can contact you to stay and we had like people staying all the time and 95% of the people that we had were like the best yeah and we're so generous and it felt so fun to be generous with them and and that we just had like right in the door and we could like I, I, there was literally times when I saw people bike touring in town and said hey where are you going where are you coming from whatever you got a place to stay tonight and they're like oh no I was like 180 North Street doors unlocked you can park your bike down you know you can sleep up in this room and they're like wait really and they're like yeah, and the, whatever food you find, just eat. Like, if it seems really special, maybe don't, but otherwise just go for it. <laughs> maybe be careful with the beer. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I I just, it felt so human. Like, it felt so human, and it was so hard when, you know, it's easy. And it's not like everything was perfect. Like, we all were struggling and having our own, you know, lives. lives. Um, but it felt like we were able to live in a very human way. That was not like cultured in a shitty way. Yeah, and even even the way that, what like the way that 180 exists in popular lore. 180 is the house number on this in, for the whatever on the street. But um, even the way that 180 um, exists in the lore amongst friends is like it, it's the house itself is like almost like a fourth housemate. You know the way that people talk about 180. You know it was just like yeah. this force of nature. And it really, it was, it was, I forgot about that. Like all the people that we'd have from warm showers, it was great. It was just like doors unlocked, fucking come in. I would cook them huge slops that they may or may not have eaten. (laughs) (laughs) They'd be like, why are you doing this? And I'd be like, because I want to. And it was great. It was so much fun. All right, let's go darker. Um, (laughs) Instead of talking about someone else, what is the thing you're least proud of in the last two months? Oh, God. <laughs> this is a very long list. <laughs> where, where do I start? Proud? I don't, you know, like, proud is tough for its own reasons, but least proud is tough because it's probably a long list of things. I'm I'm probably least proud in an ongoing way of, like, not accomplishing the things that I want to accomplish. And generally speaking, I'm hoping uh, to or maybe seeking community and purpose always. Mm. I don't have very strong community right now where I live and my purpose feels sort of convoluted. I know I want to draw and I want to like make art and I want to be building towards something bigger than me, you know, with in, tr- in all the ways in terms of like what I'm doing with my time and the people I'm spending time with. And I want to be purposeful within the, the spaces that I occupy, but I'm not really doing that right now. And I'm trying. I, like, endeavor to do it every day. And it's not happening. And it's like, is this a fault? Like, why Why is this happening? And is this a fault with me? Or is it a product of where I am? Or I, I don't really know. And so I always have sort of, like, one foot out the door. And it's really hard to build to something because I'm living in Oakland right now. And do I stay or do I go? And it's really hard to build when part of me wants to go. And then it's really hard to stay when I don't really feel happy or purposeful and like my community is failing me. So I feel like I'm sort of in a purgatory. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I I don't, I don't know if I'm not proud of that, but it's fucking sucks. I found that, um, sort of parsing out my life into different categories, like doing this podcast is a big deal for me and also having the, um, the fact that people are actually listening to it now. Oh, I was going to ask you that earlier. How oh. many people listen? Do you know? I do know. Yeah. Will you, will you tell me or is that? Well, <laughs> <laughs> I will. Um, right now, so there's been seven episodes and uh, we've had, there's so far been like 600 listens. 
Wow, so, that's yeah. I think so that's really great. Yeah, it's building. Do you know if that's respect like a uh, respective clicks or is is that the amount of times the link has been clicked or different people? Uh, probably well, well generally people wouldn't click it more than once. Like it, it includes downloads uh-huh. and also like Spotify streams and wherever people get them. Yeah. Um so it's most likely pretty close to individuals. And so the thing I wanted to talk about was that uh, having the, like, keeping up with it is tough. Like, doing one a week is a big, is is a challenge. And uh, especially because I do, other than people contributing, I do all the, you know, all the editing and all the whatever else. Yeah. And often recording songs, too, for it. And um, that's great. I love doing all of it. And, but the thing is that it is a really nice sort of thing that people are listening just full stop but also because of that it gives me some outside accountability that it really makes me want to make sure and do it yeah and so i really prioritize getting that done before tuesday so that it's ready to go at 1201 a.m tuesday morning and that gives me more impetus also building in things like like the music for instance music something i'm always wishing that i'm doing more of and so because I just made it a rule for myself that there's a song in every episode, if there isn't one that comes from somebody else, which, by the way, send them in, people. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, because I'm super excited to include other people and celebrate their music, of course. Um, then I just make one. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll cover a song that I get reminded of throughout the episode. And then that's really uh, a blast for me, too, because I'm like, I have homework. And as much as parts of me resist that, I parts that I more identify with more and more in my life are really pumped about it. Um, so that's been really a really nice thing. And I was so I'm thinking like, not to try to you know tell you to live your life or whatever, but but I get it. I'm obviously since I've known you've been always excited about your creative output, and uh-huh. we're both highly creative people. I think it's fair to say without that being like an ego thing at all um, <laughs> uh, and so and i think that the more people that see your work the more people are going to be excited about it and so i hope like i hope we could f- figure out a way if it's of interest of you for people to be able to see those comics that you do every day because i, I my experience with you has also been that when there's like somebody or some sense of service to do something for then you're like you'll like hit the paint so hard you know yeah yeah, yeah. like figuratively and literally <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like this person wants me to do a portrait of them and brad pitt and then it's like you're like up all night yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's how it goes um it feels really good that's one of my that's one of my happiest you know like right. wake up in the morning go for a run and then just paint furiously all day or whatever it is like yeah. to have a task yeah and i truly believe that you could do that you know that could be your vocation as you know an artist and and whatever else you wanted to um incorporate into it if you felt still important important to do like grounding work with your body like doing gardening or or farm work or whatever else but like you could i believe definitely especially doing your birthday cards and doing comics and graphic novels and stuff it feels like it's possible yeah and the, but part of it and part of it is like i've been trying to locate the genesis of the resistance that i feel and you know it, it, it's, it is kind of bananas because if someone asks me for something i just i get it done no hesitation i'm like this will be done by friday morning even if they don't fucking want it you know it's some person at work whose birthday it is i'm gonna make him a card yeah. and give it to him and they're like why did you do this and i'm like <laughs> i don't know because i wanted to yeah. but like as soon as it's just me doing things for my own benefit 
I can't seem to get it done, and I don't know why that is, because I, all I want to do is be happy, which has been another thing that I've been, an idea that I've been swirling around when I'm in Vermont, because I feel this trip, it's difficult to tell if it's because I'm on vacation or what, but it feels like I could be happy here, maybe, or at least it has reminded me that it's possible to be happy places, because I think in Oakland, I haven't been happy and that's all I want. And I think one of the, the pillars, one of the things that I need to do in order to be happy is to, to draw and to share that with people. Yeah. And I, I don't I don't know what the resistance is. Yeah. Well, I think, I, I mean, my experience is having it be seen by people and having people sort of expect it. You know, if they're, like, expecting a comic from Bolton every day or, if, you know, even if you start out doing it every week or something, then it takes away that sort of, like, oh, well, I'm just doing it for me, because then it's not. Yeah. And it's so different, and it's not too difficult at all to put something like that in place and for it to, to gain momentum, and especially because your work is so unique, and, like, yeah, people just goo-goo over it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it makes a it makes a big difference. And also, like, like I just showed you right when we were, when you were eating that sandwich that my friend... <laughs> <laughs> my friend Jesslyn just sent me texted me this picture that she drew which is like absolutely stunning and she's like I drew this based on being inspired by listening to the podcast you know and it's like well I'm not telling people to be inspired or I'm not but but just by the fact that this thing is out in the world suddenly these things are happening with it that I could not have conceived of yeah and that like completely uh warm my heart and make me so happy that somebody else is getting something that is not of i don't know my design or something i'm not f making it happen i'm just making the podcast happen well that's also i think galvanizing in itself too that like people are being inspired not only are they listening but you're getting feedback that they're being inspired and that i think is even a further push to like do right by the podcast not to say that you ever wouldn't yeah and it's also like i just find it so gratifying that i don't feel this podcast is not me you know yeah it's the it's the work it's a piece of work and and not even work in the sense of like in the dishes like ditches like doing because i don't consider it work it's really a labor of, of love as cheesy as that might sound um and so it's like it's not I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's hard to explain exactly, but for myself, if if someone is just like you are so great, or you are this, or you are this, I I don't. It's actually kind of off put. It, I just don't. That's very arguable to me. I don't. I'm not interested in that very much. But if they say what this is that you're creating, or what you're helping other people bring into the world, because most you know the thing I'm most excited about is people contributing. And people bringing their own artistic and creative things into it. Um, and then so I'm just curating the space. And so when people come and say, this space is meaningful for me, or this space has done this, or this space, then that's, uh, it's amazing. I mean, it's really yeah, good, yeah, yeah, know? yeah, that's incredible. Um, and it doesn't feel, yeah, it's just much, it's easier to believe in. And it it's an easier motivator for me at this point in my life than would be to try to just uh, promote myself yeah. like as a brand, like this person. That doesn't feel so interesting to me. 
but 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 like sharing and I mean promoting's I do some promotion just to try to raise awareness of it but promoting's not the right word you know just sort of presenting or holding yeah, whatever it's it's like a, you'll hold that you'll you'll hold out the tray of hors d'oeuvres but then maybe people choose whether or not they want to take them yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. i don't know maybe that's not right yeah <laughs> yeah but like if you don't hold out the tray of hors d'oeuvres people will never know if they're that they're even they an don't option have the option right? yeah, yeah totally it's just presenting the option feels yeah. powerful to me yeah it's, it's nice it's here <laughs> if you want it yeah yeah um, okay, let's think. Let's think here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that we're not in your car right now. Noah yeah, me was too. yeah, Noah was like, Do you want to do this in my car? And I was like, Oh god, no, but I just Whoa. got in a tattoo. And I had a it, different vision, but like, it's okay. Fucking it's fart okay. Box. This is a millions percent better because it's the perfect temperature out here. Yeah, it's beautiful. <sighs> it's like nice to be out here as the sun is setting. Maybe I'll go for a run after this, maybe not. My friend Marsha wants to see me. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. <laughs> I want to see Marsha, but I don't know. I also sort of want to go for a run. There's probably a way I can do both. Have you ever had? Have you had any um, moments this week that have just been other than the Chuck bringing fruit at the top of the gap? And that was incredible. I was almost crying as I was going it, down, and yeah. I was hitting, I think, speeds with my bicycle that I had never hit before. Mostly because I didn't want Chuck to have to wait for me at the bottom longer than he had to. Out of, like, I just felt so much love for him. And I was like, I am capable of of being loved. And this man loves me. And I was like, I don't want him to wait. So I'm just, like, swerving, pedaling so fast. I think I probably was going, like, 45 miles an hour or something. It was, in, it was incredible. I don't know how fast I was going. It was just, like, next level. I just couldn't believe it, you know? And, like, I felt in control. And then it was... I think cars were kind of going the speed limit and they were staying behind me because, like, I was just, like, booking it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, oh, sorry, you were saying moments? No, or? just, yeah, if any moments come up from the week that have been stuck with you. Stuck with me. That you're taking with you. I, I've just felt like I feel more often than not, I mean, I've, I've, I've had one or two times where I've, like, gone off the rails a little bit and that's when I've been maybe hanging out with personalities that I thought would feel good but didn't feel good I'm sure it was mutual but for the most part I have felt extremely present while here which is a really big deal for me because often I don't feel present and that's I guess kind of on the goal list community purpose be present and I felt present and I've also felt a willingness to do things that maybe I wouldn't otherwise want to do i haven't taken the easy way out like uh the decade bicycle ride for instance like of course i was excited so there's this thing called the decade and it's kind of like uh you know this but i don't know if the people listening know this but it's uh it's kind of like a a play on a, a bicycle century ride and it's just a bunch of like hippie types riding stupid bicycles down a road like drinking wine and eating snacks and getting naked and, and with any excuse possible and jumping into bodies of water and I uh, The last time I did the Decade, it was uh, by um, Button Bay, and I just remember that it was moving too slowly for me, and I remember being ready for it to move slowly, but I just, it was so slow, so I was, like, doing circles around everyone, not in a, like, shitty way, but just because, like, my body needed to move at a certain speed, and I, I couldn't do it, and I, I wasn't frustrated, I had a fine time, but I was like, I don't know. 
And I uh, and then De- and Noah was like, "You want to do the summer decade? It's happening." And I really want to spend time with Noah. And I was like, "Eh, you know, I'll I'll do it. That sounds you know, like a nice way to spend my time. I'll try it again." And even the night before, I saw someone and I was trying to describe the decade to them, and they were like, "Why would you do it if the last time you did it, you didn't have a great time?" And I was like, "I don't know. I want to try it." And I tried it. And it was fucking awesome. I had such a good day. When I was pedaling my bicycle, I was like, what could be a better way to spend my time than what I'm doing right now, which is like the most like divine, like rarest of feelings to be like, what I'm doing right now could not get any better. I'm just like riding my bike in the sunshine. My shirt's off. I feel great. I'm like getting sunburnt, but I don't care. <laughs> like jumping in the water, skinny dipping. It felt fucking awesome. Just like I, I just and I taught I remember like connecting with people and feeling this willingness to talk to folks even though I knew I was here for a very finite amount of time and that the the conversations I had with people would probably not really extend beyond the bicycle ride because I'm only here for a number of days and many of those folks I probably won't see again if at all or maybe for a year if I don't come back to Vermont who knows but I just felt a willingness to connect to people and be present and enjoy the time that I had with them, which felt like a really big deal. It was like, I don't know, it felt like the, <laughs> it felt like uh, the possibility of happiness, I think, mm. and at the bottom of all that. I'm, I'm not sure, but it, it, I'm wondering how it's going to translate to me transitioning back to where I'm living now, to Oakland, if I'm going to feel the same way, like this openness or... If I'm going to be like, why am I here? I'm really curious about it. But I wish I had more time in Vermont. Are there any people that um, that touched you, for the, for the lack of better words? <laughs> <laughs> um, Touch, touched me? Yeah, or that like, uh, you, know, you, you know, as you're going on the airplane or something in a couple of days, you're going to be like, Wow, I'm really glad I met this person and had this interaction or something. Oh, I even though you, you can I don't know, yeah. I you, I a lot of the people on the the decade, you know, like I, I had there were folks that I'd known but that I I hadn't ever really talked to. You know, I saw them but I hadn't talked to them. But um you, actually you feel free to shout them out, you know, first names. <laughs> yeah. Seriously though, I mean I I just thinking how nice would it be to if some of someone listened to it and they heard that you know well i i mean meg for instance i'm Mm -hmm. so happy i met meg but meg meg is fucking awesome like like meg is so cool and like really just like uh i you know i I told meg this but like it's just i don't know you know she's canadian and it's comforting (laughs) 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 and really competent meg is so good at getting things done like noah and i we needed a campsite one night like after the decade we're like we're gonna go camping and we were we arrived the three of us the three of us yeah Yeah, noah meg and me and we and we had gotten meg to do it with us by kind of the skin of both of our teeth i don't know i think (laughs) noah kind of took back burner and i was just sort of like kind of like like sort of poking meg all day like come on you know you go camping and then and then eventually she was like okay i'll go camping at first it was like it felt a little bit like excuses you know she was like oh i don't have i don't have the appropriate clothing it's gonna be cold and I was like, you know, Noah probably has a coat in his car. <laughs> what doesn't he have in his car? And then finally she was like, okay, okay. So then we uh, go to a campsite after the decade, and uh, there was no, we couldn't find any uh, ranger types to let us into the camp, and so we, we didn't know what to do. We, were, we tried to 
follow in a couple of cars. Well, we didn't try, but we thought about it a little bit too long. Piggybacking in a different way, yeah. (laughs) And and then Meg Meg just, like, kind of got out of the car in an earnest way, and we were like, please, Meg, go ask those people if we can have their, like, (laughs) gate code. (laughs) And I have no idea why Meg agreed to it, because we were just these, like, (laughs) these man man children. And like un- incapable of doing anything, and then Meg well, just. It's not pull- only that, but I think I thought she was the most presentable. Yeah, <laughs> I look really stupid right now. Yeah, and, yeah, Anyways. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's true. But she was just like she pulled up her pants and she was like, "Yeah, I'll go ask him for their code." So we went out there and she asked, and they said no, and then she asked, and then they said they said no, and then there was someone who drove by in a golf cart, and they were within like running distance, and so Meg scampered up there, and, and we couldn't hear the conversation. And we we're like, "How's it going?" At first, it was like, "Is this working?" And then Meg pointed to us, and we we're like, "Oh man, she did it!" And then she came down and she was like this person's this person's letting letting us in for twenty dollars cash and we were like hell yeah and then we got campsite 69 and it was fucking bomb where was i going with this story don't know i don't know <laughs> <laughs> linked up to people that oh, it was just about meg being cool yeah meg's great like yeah. she got us campsite 69 for twenty dollars and then we just climbed a tree well i kind of climbed it halfway for some reason my body just said no <laughs> normally my body is all just like yes when it comes to climbing things but it wanted me on the ground that night Maybe, I don't, I don't know. I don't know why. I don't really have any theories. Yeah. And then we all slept in the tiny tent. <laughs> <laughs> and, and played on hay, round hay bales the next day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got a lot of scratches on my back from that. Yeah. Like Lisa. Lisa's great. Mm-hmm. Like, never, I, I don't know if I'm ever going to see Lisa again. Lisa moved back to New Mexico. Mexico City. Mexico City. Shit. Yeah. Yeah, I knew that. (laughs) (laughs) Bigger, bigger deal. (laughs) Mexico City. Um, You. I. I don't. I don't know. I. I haven't really regretted any anything I've done. Like Ethan. I've never really talked to Ethan. I went to Ethan's party. That was fun. You know, I've just had like a lot of really pleasant interactions with a lot of lot of people. It's really nice running into Lydia. Like, what's up, Lydia? (laughs) (laughs) And Lydia seemed like genuinely kind of happy to see me, and I was like, whoa, like. I've had a couple moments like that, too, where people seem, like, happy to see me. And I've been wondering, and this is probably the self-deprecating part of me, but I wonder if anyone in Oakland would care if I didn't come back. Maybe people miss me. Mm. I got a text from one of my friends today, but for the most part, I haven't really heard from anyone. And I don't know. For all I know, that there, you know, people are, like, erecting shrines to me in my honor and just kind of, like, waiting for me to come back with bated breath and... But I don't think that's probably the case. I think Oakland will probably go on without me. I need to figure out what I'm going to do, though, to be happy. And that's all I want, be happy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, here's a question. We'll do oh, yeah. one question. Uh-huh. This is something that came up on the on the very first episode with Tina Firmal. And I keep forgetting to ask people, but I think it's a really fun concept. If you could have, like, a little card that the first time you met uh, met somebody you would slide across the table to them and it would be like here's some things to know about me <laughs> so that they're that don't quite fit in with like you know consensus sort of like social norms so that just so you know i'm not being a dick or whatever what what would your card say do you think Oh God! I it would ha- I feel like it would have to be bigger than a, like a little card, <laughs> <laughs> a big roll of parchment, yeah. <laughs> scroll, like a roll of toilet paper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there would be a lot. I don't know. I think because I'm thinking about the decade, it would be. Um, you know, I'm thinking about like my body needs to be moving all the time. It's really hard for me to sit. Like I've sat here for 
two hours. No, an hour. I don't know how long this podcast has been. An hour and six. Th- we're going six and a half hours. No, <laughs> <laughs> and it feels like a success. But a lot of the time, I just got to be moving around, and it's like sort of challenging because like I don't. I'm like talking to someone and they want to sit down and all I want to do is like stand up and walk around and like go for a run and it's really hard to navigate those things without like I don't don't know it'd be nice if people knew that about me and gave me space to just go for walks and stand up and walk away and not just expect that I want to sit in a chair next to them for two hours you know I I don't I never want that (laughs) you know I never never do I want that yeah (laughs) yeah well, what I I can't think. There's so many things, you know. What else? Like I, you know, I don't want to eat pasta. I wish people just <laughs> knew that about me. <laughs> like I'm never when people are like, you know, what we're having for dinner tonight. I'm like, what? They're like pasta. I'm like, fuck. But you know, I'd never say that. You know, I'm like, thank you for the pasta. This is so kind of you. You know, I'm gonna eat the pasta with a smile on my face. But the whole time, I'm gonna wish it's like broccoli with I I don't know maybe like red cabbage and like fucking tempeh and I don't fucking know what just vegetables I just I all only ever want to eat piles of vegetables and then <laughs> I know uh, what I don't know what else I you know I always sort of want chocolate but only one piece of chocolate you know and I wish that people knew that about me so that they could just give me like a single raisin that <laughs> I'd be like fuck yes I want this raisin that thank you <laughs> okay yeah like good things to know do you, have you ever seen Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid? No. Okay. This won't be a huge spoiler, but um, it's one of my favorites. And there's a scene where the Sundance Kid is um, Robert Redford. And they're like, so I hear you're a good shooter. And he's like, yeah, I'm a good shooter. I'm paraphrasing. And, <laughs> and they're like, we'll shoot that can over there. And he like pulls out his gun. He's like, ping. And he misses. And they're like, you're not so good. And they're like, try again, whatever. And then he's like, and they're like, what are you talking about? This guy's not so great. And he's like, can I move? And they're like, what do you mean? He's like, can I move? And they're like, I don't know, I guess. And then he like, he like goes into this like crouch and goes, pew, pew, and just like shoots the can across the ground like every single time hitting it because he's like in motion and doing like he knows. And I, I love thinking about that, like learning about what are the things that each one of us, like finding the things that lets us thrive. Yeah. And so that like even in a situation that like, normal people would thrive somebody really thrives sitting still and Uh just being locked in for two hours and just learning those things and communicating them effectively so that it's not like being you're not being bratty but just like i want to be the most present or i want to be at my best and this is what i've realized it takes and it feels really good to assert those boundaries and to, to know them about yourself for one but then to be able to assert them i had a moment with you oh we were all driving in the car one of our mutual friends um whose name can uh, easily translate to Peen Pistachio, (laughs) 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 was uh, talking about uh, buying a house. And I was really interested in that because I have issues with commitment. And and I was just thinking about all the amount of commitment that takes to, to buy a house. You have to commit to a space and to, to a place and a space and a house and then paying for the house and then maybe having a certain kind of job that will allow you to pay the same amount for that house every month or whatever the fuck it is. And also, if you're sharing that house with someone, you have to commit to that person and then living with that person. And so 
I just sort of off the cuff, not thinking that um, Ben already or oh, oopin <laughs> <laughs> typo um, that you know that not already thinking he lived with his partner. Um, I was like, oh, so are you gonna have different rooms? You know, same room. And he's like, oh yeah, we already have. We already share a room. It's not a big deal. We're gonna like share a room in the house. And then I said something to the extent of, you know, if I was ever gonna live with someone, I would. And, and I qualified it. I qualified it because I'm bananas, which is unnecessary, but I did it. I was like, you know, I'm kind of bananas, and I would need to have a different room than my partner and to be able to um, choose every night whether or not I was going to sleep with my partner. That's what I would need. And I qualified it with the bananas. And then you said, like, no, that's not bananas. That's, like, that's reasonable. Like, that's something that you would need, and it's great that you know that. I mean, I'm paraphrasing like you did with the song Dance Kid, but, like... Like, it's okay to, to know things about yourself and to assert them. And then it's just about how you communicate those things to other people. And I, I, it feels good to, to know those things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And also to, like, understand that so many people are, like, people are different from each other. And to have space for those differences and to invest time into how you can exist with other folks and respect their needs while respecting your own i mean it feels like a dance but yeah definitely it feels good to be getting better at it and more cognizant of it yeah yeah for sure to know that i need to move around yeah it's nice <laughs> well let's move uh yeah i just want to say that like um i i have seen you in every mode and vice versa and uh I love you just as much when you're freaking out as when you're thriving, and it's really good to see you thriving right now. Yeah. In my judgment. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> right now, <laughs> right now I'm thriving. It yeah. feels like. But yeah. That's what I mean. I don't know if I'm gonna be thriving when I'm in a car right now, <laughs> hurtling, or tomorrow, hurtling back towards. Yeah, of course, no one can know that. Yeah. But I'm just mean right now, and for this week that we've, the times we've gotten to spend together this week have been a blast. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's been really nice. Yeah. And it's nice to be to remember. I mean, I care about you a lot, and I love you a lot, and it's nice to be reminded of our connection for sure. And it's also sometimes I kick myself over some of the decisions I've made in the past. You know, for whatever reason, you know, I'm like, if I hadn't done this, or you know, what was I thinking when I did this, or you know, where would I be if I if I hadn't done this? That's all vague, but um, you know, all of if I all of my decisions have like like where would I be right now without one eighty North Street, you know? And in <laughs> order to be at one eighty <laughs> to be the person that showed up at one eighty's doorstep like three years ago or whatever, I uh I had to fuck up a lot. Yeah. But like my life has benefited a lot from like knowing you in particular and you're also a reminder that it's possible for me to connect with people that I, I, I that resonate with me. Like I love you a lot and have a lot of respect for you. Well, yeah, and I've, yeah, two yeah, street, I mean two yeah, no, I, I know you do. And, and yeah. I feel I it's feel easy to say too. Yeah. Love from you as yeah, well. Yeah. Kind of in the way that Chuck, like meeting me at the top of the fucking mountain with a banana. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Cool. I love yeah. you so much too. Yeah. And I'm really pumped. I've been so pumped to be able to bring you into this space and just been fine waiting until we could do it in person you know yeah it's good it's really nice i yeah. just i wish i had more stories to tell <laughs> oh you've got plenty of stories <laughs> we'll do we'll do we'll do bolton stories from time to time don't worry there's no shortage um but yeah i gotta get going and uh so yeah cool cool signing off yeah bye high fives <laughs> yeah. 
you can um, you can screw this up for me to get over there. Okay, okay. Pieces. 